there were a series of bills adopted in 2003-2007 that changed the playing field for those of Wisconsin in regards to access to the Internet as well as the traditional cable television. Here in Madison, we began in the late 1960s and by the early 70s had adopted a franchise agreement, which at that time was a company called Complete Channel TV, which eventually uh, was part of the charter network. And there were a number of things we put into that agreement. Uh, they would get access uh, to the public right-of-way, and in return, uh, we would get a rollout plan, a rollout plan to cover the entire city that did not discriminate by neighborhood, that did not discriminate on the basis of wealth. And in turn, uh, there was community access, uh, funding of, of uh, peg channels, uh, funding of what was then known as WYOU, and it still is. Well, then we got subsequent legislation here in the state which undid all of that municipal work, all the things that we had agreed to. And it was done supposedly in the name of creating competition and in the uh, name of getting faster and better access to the Internet as well as providing traditional cable access for the public. Those of us who put in a lot of time to fight uh, that bill, which was basically written by AT&T, were quite accurate in predicting what would happen. And at that time, uh, Barry Orton, who's with us today, and I uh, had a blog called Waxing America. Uh, Barry was the, the editor and I was the principal author, though during this period in 2007, Barry wrote quite a number of posts about what was going on in the legislature. Well, just as the state can undermine uh, city efforts, very frankly, what the state can do to us, the federal government can do to the state. And uh, this is exactly what the president is talking about. What the president is discussing here is the FCC stepping in, stepping in with its rulemaking capabilities and changing the playing field and allowing us to do what cities like Chattanooga, what Cedar Falls, Iowa have done in regards to setting up networks and getting us accessibility creating competition, and really meeting the standards for innovation in our communities. We know from the history of telephones and electricity that when it's left to an unregulated monopoly, the least profitable communities and areas are not served. It took government regulation to get electricity to rural America, rural Wisconsin. It took that kind of regulation and rules to get telephone service to all parts of our state. 
and which in turn made them more productive and built the economies, especially uh, in agriculture and in manufacturing in Wisconsin. Well, in the area of communications, in the area of information, we took a major step backwards when the legislature stepped in and adopted the AT&T bill in 2007. And we and 19 other states that have had this problem are not able to compete with Hong Kong and Paris and Cedar Falls, Iowa. We anticipate learning more about this in February and we'll act accordingly. Um, Madison has its own muffin network. Um, the Municipal United Fiber Network, which is reflected on this map. It's got enormous capacity and enormous potential. It connects a great number of municipal and public buildings, our schools, the university. But a lot of the work we could have done with that network came to a halt in 2007. Now, we're on the verge of trying to deal with the digital divide, access to the Internet for low-income neighborhoods, families that can't afford the bill. In some cities, like Philadelphia, Comcast provides what you might refer to as a lifeline rate of just $9.99 a month so that every school child who's in a household at or below the poverty level can get access to the Internet. We've talked to Charter. We've talked to uh, the Internet provider. And we've asked them to join with us in doing uh, that kind of service to our community. And the answer has repeatedly been no. With these changes, we're going to have the opportunity to not only increase not only increase the capacity here in Madison, but to get it to every family, every household. It's going to be good for school kids. It's going to be good for Madison businesses. And it's going to put us in a league with some of these other cities, which if you look at the, the screen behind, uh, what, what you'll find, what you'll find here is the uh, capacity in some of these cities, I can get the uh, get the map to come up, but you'll see uh, Hong Kong, Paris, um, Seoul, and and other cities, and Cedar Falls uh, are in the in the range of is it six hundred. Uh, gigabytes. Then there's cities like New York, Los Angeles, where a third, which are at about half to a third of that. San, San Francisco, which is about at a quarter of that. And Madison, which is at about a tenth of the capacity. Um, right now, we were going about the very difficult chore of trying to find a company to partner with us in an RFP 
for a $150,000 project to get limited access uh, for neighborhoods where we've got the digital divide. Uh, I'm asking the staff to slow it down because in 30 days all this planning will be outdated and a whole new world will open to us in regards to our ability to partner with others and do this right, do it big time. Um, last year, last summer at the U.S. Conference of Mayors, uh, two resolutions were, were introduced, uh, one by myself uh, with the drafting assisted by, by, by Mr. Orton, and I've highlighted the last paragraph, which recommends that the FCC preempt state barriers to municipal broadband. Uh, simultaneously, Mayor Lee and some other mayors introduced another resolution, which dealt principally with net neutrality, a subject that, that uh, my resolution had all, also covered. The two resolutions were combined in this document. And you will find in the last resolve the recommendation that the FCC preempt state barriers to municipal broadband service as a significant limitation to competition in the provision of Internet access. This is exactly what the President addressed this afternoon. Um, we've also provided uh, some sample copies of Barry's handiwork uh, when he was posting on the blog about this issue in 07. Um, we have with us two key members, uh, Paul and Rich from City IT, our director, and uh, be glad to answer any questions that you may have about this and, and where we're going. Mr. Mayor, you're saying 30 days, this all goes away. Can you help me understand that? 30 days, it changes. It changes. We expect that by the end of February, maybe sooner, that uh, we'll get a vote out of the FCC, and this is our hope, which is going to, in effect, uh, preempt the laws in those 19 states, including Wisconsin, which have been a severe limitation to real competition to real access, and just as important to economic success as we have lagged way behind the cities who have got the capacity to build these partnerships. Cities from Paris to Cedar Falls, Iowa, Chattanooga to Hong Kong. Rich, Barry, you want to? Yeah, the, the specific law that we're talking about is actually from 2003. The 2007 one was on cable. The 2003 one was basically, it's 2003 Wisconsin Act 278, and it basically set up a series of hurdles that cities had to jump over before they could get into the municipal cable business. And those included basically um, getting the public body to approve it and then putting out a very elaborate cost-benefit analysis which would allow essentially the existing providers to snipe at the city's plans. The city was basically prohibited in general terms 
um, from using monies other than was generated by the network to build and create the network. So it couldn't fund the network from general tax monies. And so it really handcuffed cities. Um, it grandfathered some that existed, like Reedsburg, but it basically handcuffed his cities that hadn't got into the municipal broadband business from doing so without an elaborate cost-benefit analysis up front. Is it an easy business to get into? I mean, how would a city compete with a, a major cable provider in that regard? Well, it, the city would have to have some basic backbone, and in fact, that's what Muffin is. We Luckily, the city has a network that essentially covers all or most of the public buildings in the city. So the city has kind of the basics of it. It essentially is setting up a utility. So the city has several utility-like bodies, including a water utility. Um, it would have to organize it and then offer services for sale. So it would have to essentially build this network out to individual households. So it would be a, capitally inten a capital intensive uh, process. How much would that cost? That's one of the questions that the city would have to spend mon money to try to answer. It doesn't have that now. But we've got a significant portion already. And, and what year did we do that? We started it in... Well, you better ask Paul. I'm not, I wasn't involved with that one. So in 30 days, in theory, are you going into competition against charter? Not in 30 days. Not 30 days. Paul's being a little optimistic. It's, it's, I think it's going to take us at least three to six months to understand what the consequences are of uh, the, the, the FCC rules and then what we've got the capability of doing. But it, it's, it's, it's a brand-new discussion. I mean, it's going to involve the attorney's office, it's going to involve IT, it's going to involve finance, and it's going to have a what I would call an equity lens as we examine it, as well as an entrepreneurial lens. Um, it's critical to the school district. It's critical in terms of the university. It's critical in terms of uh, all the new startup companies. And if you look at what's happened in Chattanooga or Cedar Falls uh, with their systems, you get to, uh, a feel for it. It's a new discussion. And, uh, uh, you know, it's going to take a number of months to digest all of this, and then we have to figure out what we want to do. But it's an exciting new opportunity. So why would you halt the low-income pilot in the meantime? Because that is looking it is, closer. It is so small and so tiny, and the bang for the buck is so small compared to what we can do now. Um, but it's looking like it's going to be probably years, and correct me if I'm wrong, before a municipal network would be up and running, whereas this seems like a more short-term immediate solution for some for, 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 really for what For 1%, 2% of the population. Which then there's also a resolution to look at. Um, I, I, I would like to see us. I'd like to see us do this citywide. Do it right. Understand what the significance of the new law is. The, the network we're looking at uh, for low income is, is not the bandwidth that the president was talking about. Right. He's talking right. about gigabit service. Mm -hmm. and we're talking more about cell type service, 4G which is five between 5 and 12 megabits. Mm. 
that's nowhere near what I think what we'd like to get implemented. Right. And I guess my question is more, why not sort of do that in the meantime and address that immediate need? Um, for and who? then For a lot of low-income neighborhoods. No, no, for very, very small area. Right. But the idea is that it would expand to low-income neighborhoods. You need more money to do that. The, 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 Which is partially worked into the capital budget. The cost-benefit relationship of doing this on such a small scale, working under the premises of the old law, in my judgment, is not worth it. When you say 1%, how many people would that have been had you moved forward? What was the, what was the size of what we were talking about with the RFP? Um, on the map there, so there were, there were four areas. One was uh, north up here in Kennedy Heights area, uh, Brentwood, um, uh, Allied down here, and uh, um, I think uh, Darbell Worthington here. So those little shaded areas here, those are the areas that we're talking about serving. Those are areas of the city that we've identified that have I mean, the president's announcement, assuming that the FCC goes with it, is just an enormous game changer. It's, it's, it's what we've been hoping for for, for several years now. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that it really happens. Okay. So, well, if the president is saying he's asking the chair of the FCC to join into this effort, and if we've known that there is a split FCC and that the chairman will decide the vote, I have to believe that the president would not have done this nationally unless he knew that the chair of the FCC was going to help in making this decision to, uh, in effect, override the statutes in these 19 states. For you to be banking on that, Deb, and that means not optimistic that the state legislature would consider. State legislature will not be able to step in and undo it. That's the beauty of it. They're going to learn a lesson. What they did to us can be done to them. What would you say to critiques that uh, Madison should have been doing something about this years ago instead of waiting for the FCC ruling, instead of taking the steps that it could take? Because it was too expensive. The legislature did a marvelous job in serving AT&T in setting up these enormous statutory roadblocks, making it very difficult for us to do what they did in Chattanooga, what they did uh, in Iowa. And, and that's been the challenge. Um, it's been very frustrating. And we've been talking about this now for, for close to two years. We've been using all of our influence in Washington, working with other cities to accomplish this. And it looks like we may finally be getting there in the next month or two. But um, when you look at the cost and you look at the benefit, I think we're, we're finally getting to a point where we're going to be able to get um, the access, both in terms of volume and in terms of crossing the digital divide. And we may be able to get back to where we were in terms of public access 
uh, for the PEG channels and, and, and for cable television. Barry knows the statutes better than I do. Well, the statute is, is such that it requires um, local government hold the public hearing, notice the public hearing, but the real key one is the local government prepares and takes makes available for public inspection a report estimating the total cost of revenues derived from construction, owning, or operating the facility, including a cost-benefit analysis of the facility for a period of at least three years. Costs of the subject of this paragraph include personnel costs, costs of acquiring, installing, maintaining, plant, etc. It goes on and on. It basically, what it does, it, this is a bill that was written originally by the telephone and broadband industry, and it essentially sets up the city to build a legal and financial case that then they expected the private sector to come in and beat them up with. And that's what they, what Comcast, what Charter, what other Time Warner have done in cities that have tried to do this. Essentially, they get the report, and then they get the private sector to say, the assumptions are wrong, and it's going to cost taxpayers so much money, and then they try to push towards a referendum, and in many cases they do a, they launch an enormous advertising campaign against it. So it essentially lets the private sector have materials to wage a war against the city. And we're, we've seen that happen again and again in many different states. And so the assumption always has been on, by cities that this law applies to, that if you get in, involved in that process that's been set up by the legislature, you're going to get beat up very badly politically. And so you, we watch that happen in a number of cities across the country, and you say, no, with this law, you're really being set up. And so if the FCC, and I'm a little less optimistic than Paul is about this, if the FCC next month at its meeting that deals with net neutrality takes the president's advice, and that's what it was today. The president is advising the FCC this would be a good idea, but the FCC, again, is an independent agency, um, and it, he's advising the FCC. He thinks this is, would be a good thing for them to do next month. If they do it, they, as Paul said, can preempt in one essentially legal swoop these 19 states that have these barriers. Now, are the industries in those states going to launch a political war or a legal war in the other direction? Probably. Uh, will they sue the first city that jumps before as this goes? Most likely. So there's going to be significant pushback legally and politically on this. Um, and that's another reason I think the city has spent the time over the last few years doing what it could do legally, being ready to do this, but not risking its own capital and its own resources to really put themselves in the line of legal fire unless they had some significant backing. And again, we're going to have to see what the FCC actually rules, what its rules say, um, how quickly they preempt, and whether they leave wiggle room for the industry or for the states. And we don't know that until we see what the FCC actually does. But today is an enormous step in the right direction uh, when the president points to the FCC and says, march this way. And up there, we f I finally got the chart. So you can see where Seoul, Hong Kong, Tokyo, and Paris is, along with uh, three U.S. cities. Uh, and by the way, we've been looking at Chattanooga very carefully. 
Um, and then uh, comes a couple of more cities, and you see San Francisco on the right. And if Madison were on the chart, we would be, I guess, at about a, a third of San Francisco. From, from sort of like a procedural standpoint for the two uh, capital budget pieces that are out there related to municipal, what needs to happen kind of for those two? Well, the city council, this, it goes to the city council, and city council's got to make a decision as to whether or not to go forward with them. That's where it is procedurally. Mr. Brady, do you think the city has a problem with Internet access? Or when you talk about expanding broadband, you're just talking about maybe getting some people who have very, very slow Internet, uh, faster Internet to be more competitive. We have a number of, right, we have a number of problems. Um, there are three immediately that I can think of. One is the national issue of net neutrality. We've got an interest in that, and we're all for net neutrality. The second one is... Uh, fast, affordable broadband, and there we clearly have a problem. Uh, and the third is access for low-income households uh, who cannot afford hundreds of dollars a year for any kind of access. So those are all uh, issues on the Internet side of, of this discussion. There's other issues on the cable side, which is what I'd like to see is, is getting us back to where we were in terms of the viability of the PEG channels, WYOU, city, the city channel, um, and, and, and uh, the fees that we got to help support community access. Is your dream scenario at the end of the day, after studying the rules and months down the road, is to create a city utility that would take care of all these things on your wish list? I don't know if it's going to be a city utility. I don't know if it's going to be some kind of partnership with the private sector. I don't know if the city, the school district, the university, MATC are going to come together. All of these are possibilities. All of them need to be explored. But I know what we want out there. We want to have uh, the speed, the capacity that Paris, Tokyo, Chattanooga, and Cedar Falls have. And we want every neighborhood in the city to have that kind of access that we created when we did our original cable TV rollout, which was a guarantee that everyone was going to be wired, every household. didn't matter whether it was an apartment or a single-family home or a business. It didn't matter what neighborhood it was. Someone wanted to get connected then versus paying a cable company, they just pay the city a, a fee that would be set by the city. I don't know that it would be paid to the city. city no, probably not. Probably whatever this uh, this consortium would be. But it adds more competition to the marketplace at the end of the day. Yes, it does. And then I don't know if you want to go into this, but when you take the Muffin Network, basically everybody can ride on these rails, right? Yes. Well, actually, one of the scenarios that the president was talking about was, um, so we build the infrastructure into the home, and then multiple carriers could use the infrastructure. So we just put a pipe, fiber, into your home. And there could be 10, 15, 20, 30 different vendors worldwide that could provide your internet service. So that would provide you with a lot more options as far as a television service, internet service, 
telephone service. So they would all run over this IP network instead of the cable networks that we're currently using or where it's provided. That's real competition. Do you think you'd be looking at fiber to home immediately? Because I know it's a much higher cost. Or would you maybe do some sort of LTE system and then work on fiber to home gradually? Or is this just way too early? It's a little early. I mean, Barry's already making me too optimistic about February. Let's get through February. Then let's get through the following three to six months where we figure out what this allows us to do. Then let's get started in getting access. And you can't say for sure if Madison were to move forward with an expansion of Muffin, whether Supernet and Wynn would continue to build laterals and manage the network as a continuation of the private-public model? Or do you think if it would be pure public? That's a possibility. I think the mayor mentioned that earlier. It could be a private-public collaboration here. That's one possibility. That groundwork is set. We have contracts in place, and we'd be ready to go with that as far as that potential. Who are the contracts that they have in place? You just mentioned Supernet. Oh, I see. They have the authority to use the Muffin Fiber and city facilities. And you can see these little sort of laterals. Here's one to the Goodman Community Center. Here's one to Emerson School. Here's one coming all the way over to the city's East Streets facility at Sycamore. It's exciting what may happen here. All right. Thank you. Thank you.